after the uh, Andy's video that we will show you guys, we will have about 10 minutes of fellowship like we did last week where we can get together. Fellowship, we've got some snacks over there at the table. And that table over there has got uh, things you can sign up for or look at. It's got information there, so don't, just don't grab the food. Also, uh, take a look at all that we got over there and find ways to connect with the church. Also, with your intersection order of worship, there are things in there that show you how to get plugged in here at St. Matthew's. Now, at this time, I'd like to, for our IT department in the back to play the video here that Andy has prepared for everybody. To now stand for the benediction. Now, by the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the fellowship and communion of the Holy Spirit, being abide with you each now and forevermore. Amen. Seeing as how last week I was going to give a benediction, and Aaron cut me off so I couldn't give the benediction. Of course, I may have been, I don't know, roughly 15 minutes late, but hey, what's time to a pig? We're glad you're here with us today at Intersection. I'm Andy Stoddard. I'm the lead pastor here at St. Matthew's, and I really am glad that you're choosing to worship with us here at St. Matthew's in the Intersection service. It's a great service. I heard ants really got to tell you a lot of stories about Garth Brooks last week, which is always a win, so we're thankful for that. But we're glad that you are a part of our church I'm glad that you're experiencing God through this intersection worship service. I do want to uh, highlight to you a couple things that you may want to plug into in the coming weeks. First is our Wednesday night live events. We're going to have our kickoff rally on uh, August 12th. Reverend Dr. Connie Shelton, our district superintendent, will be speaking that night. If you've never heard Connie preach, you need to like go camp out right now like the new kids on the block were coming. You want to go get your chairs, your lawn, seat, lawn chairs right in front of hard halls so you can get a good spot. Because Connie is an amazing communicator. We know that you'll be blessed by hearing her. So that's make your notes. That's August 12th for that. And also, each week we have our great Sunday schools here at uh, St. Matthew's. If you've not found a place to plug in with our Sunday schools, we hope that you'll take a moment uh, next week, this week, sometime in the future, and find a place that's right for you. Um, we really are glad you're here. You're going you're gonna to see that I really value and Aaron values as well, uh, community and values unity and values being part of the same team. So thanks for being with us today, Matthews. We know that God's going to move in amazing ways at the intersection. And uh, I don't think I'll do the benediction today since Aaron will just cut me off again. But um, thanks for being here. Have a great day. Bye. If you'll now stand for the benediction. And now by the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father.
Together, all of us at different places in life. All of us come this morning with joys and we come with concerns and burdens on our hearts. We all come in different places, but we all come to, to worship the same God. And that's beautiful. So often we can come into this place feeling unworthy or feeling not good enough. But know that you are just as you are worthy and called and loved. Here you are free to worship as you need to. To to be as you need to here. Because God is here, and God is with us. Would you all please pray with me? And if you are going on the Choctaw mission trip this week, would you please stand during this time so that... There, here we go. Um, for those, those standing, they are going to serve at the Choctaw Reservation this week. So during this time of prayer, we especially want to lift up them. So if you'll bow your heads and pray with me. Lord, you know where we are. You know what we need. Sometimes we don't always trust that, but still you're there. So Lord, help us to be fully present. Help us to be assured that you are with us now and throughout the week, throughout our lives. This morning, we especially lift up those who are going to serve as your hands and your feet this week. We pray for energy. We pray for endurance. 
because we know that people will see you in them, that they will know you better because of those serving this week. And so we give thanks. Help us to keep them in our thoughts and our prayers this week as they give their time for your glory. And may you just use our lives as offerings of your love to this world. In your precious and holy son Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now let us worship together in song. You guys uh, stand and worship with us this morning. I was telling the band earlier that uh, if we could just envision that we're at the feet of Jesus this morning. See if that changes our worship experience. The cross before me, the world behind, no turning back, raise a banner high, it's not for us, it's all for you. Let the heavens shake and split the sky, let the people clap hands and cry, it's not for us, it's all for you. But to your name be the glory Not to us But to your name be the Our hearts unfold before your throne The only place for those who know It's not for us, it's all for you Send your holy fire on this offering Let our worship burn for the world to see It's not for us, it's all for you to us, but to your name be the glory, not to us, but to your name be the glory, the earth is shaking, the mountains shouting, it's all for you, the waves are crashing, the sun is raging, it's all for you. The universe spinning and singing. It's all for you. Your children dancing and dancing and dancing. It's all for you, Lord. It's all for you. Not 
not to us But to your name Not to us Sing that with me But to your name be the glory Not to us But to your name And to your name But to your name be the glory, not to us, but to your name be the glory. must be more than this Oh, breath of God come breathe within There must be more than this Spirit of God we wait for you Fill us anew we pray Fill us anew Consuming fire, fed into flame, a passion for your name, Spirit of God, would you fall in this place, Lord have your way, Lord have your Come like a rushing wind Clothe us with power from on high And now set the captive free Leave us abandoned to your praise Lord, let your glory Lord, let your glory flow, consuming fire, fed into flame, a passion for your name, Spirit of God, would you fall in this place, Lord, have your way, Lord, have your Stir it up in our hearts, Lord. 
coming far fanning to flame a passion for your name spirit of God would you fall in this place Lord have your way Lord have your way consuming fire Fan into flame, a passion for your name, a spirit of God, would you fall in this place, Lord have your way, Lord have your seems to hide his face and I rest on his unchanging grace in every high and stormy gale my anchor 
strong in the Savior's love through the storm. He is Lord, Lord of all. Let's pray. God, thank you so much just uh, that you are the God of our lives, that you love us, and that uh, whatever we're bringing here to the table this morning, that uh, that you are big enough uh, to cover it. Uh, we just uh, we, we praise you and glorify your name this morning. I just pray that uh, that is our main focus, that we're here, just that you will uh, you'll fill us up, Lord, just that we can overflow. We love you. In Jesus' name we do pray. I didn't even have to call you. It's time for the children's crosswalk. If you want to come down with us, please. Good morning. It's so nice to see you. Well, this morning I brought a friend, and many of you know, how many of you know Courtney? Okay. Yes, Carter knows Courtney. Courtney, believe it or not, not long ago was one of you. Courtney has kind of grown up in our children's ministry with me, and I think she still likes me after all that. But um, Courtney wanted to come and share with y'all this morning. Hi, guys. How are y'all today? Good. (laughs) Okay, I have a question. How many of y'all are on a team at your school, or on a team anyways, like football, soccer, dance? Very nice. Very good. Well, I'm actually on a lot of teams at school. I'm on the dance team. I'm on Reveille. That's a show choir. I'm in a lot of clubs. It's really important to me that I'm on a lot of clubs and on a good team. But it's really important to be on the right team. Isn't that right, Ms. Jennifer? Yes. And especially teams where you are, your goal is to do good things. You never want to be on a team that the goal is to do things that could be harmful or that might not be good for everyone involved. And at church, we're on a team. We're on the St. Matthew's team, but even more important than that, we're on Jesus's team. And it's important that not only do we always keep what Jesus taught us in front of us and that be our goal, but that we let other people join our team, that we never leave anyone out. And that is extremely important because sometimes it's kind of scary if you're not used to church to kind of walk into a church. So I need those of you who are already on our team to join in. And if you see somebody who looks about your age, but you don't recognize them, just go up and start talking to them. I promise you. They might be a little shy at first, but they'll be so glad that you've welcomed into our team. And let's make sure that we always make people feel welcome, that we don't create a team that makes people feel like they don't fit in or they have to be a certain way. We need to love everyone just the way they are. Okay. And so there's two things I want from you. First, when school's starting, I want you to find someone who doesn't really have a group at school or maybe gets left out and see if you can find a way to to invite them into your team. And the second thing is make sure our team here at St. Matthew's is what it should be and help us to add to the members of our team and more importantly to add to those who are following Jesus. Okay? Does anybody want to pray for us today? Do you all want me to pray? Okay, I'll be happy to pray. 
Dear Lord, thank you so much for all that you've given us and for giving us such a wonderful team to be a part of. Help us to always remember that our goal is to speak your name and to teach those about you and that we all have a place on the team. I ask all this in your most precious and wonderful name. Amen. Our scripture reading this morning comes from the book of Ephesians, chapter 2, verses 11 through 22. So then, remember that at one time, you Gentiles by birth, called the uncircumcision by those who are called the circumcision, a physical circumcision made in the flesh by human hands. Remember that you were at that time without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ, for he is our peace. In his flesh, he has made both groups into one and has broken down the dividing wall. That is the hostility between us. He has abolished the law with its commandments and ordinances that he might create in himself one new humanity in place of the two, thus making peace and reconciling both groups to God in one body through the cross, thus putting to death that hostility that had been between us through it. So he came and proclaimed peace to you who are far off and peace to those who are near. For through him, both of us have access in one spirit to the Father. So then you're no longer strangers and aliens but you are citizens with the saints and also members of the household of God built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the cornerstone. In him, the whole structure is joined together and grows into a holy temple in the Lord in whom you are also built together spiritually into a dwelling place for God. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Mercy, mercy, bring me to my knees. As the morning calls to light the darkening, 
heaven story and breathing life inside my bones spirit lift me and from this wasteland lead me home now Find my life in yours, my eyes on your head, and arrest my heart from its reckless path, release the chains in me. And awake my soul to the hope you hold. Your grace is all I need. Humble glory. Chose to carry all my shame. Rendered worthy in the shadow of your name. Gracious fury written in my sin. Mercy, mercy, now engraved upon my heart. Now I, I find my life in chains in me and awake my soul to the hope you hold your grace is all I need yeah and arrest my heart from this reckless path release the chains in me and awake my soul to the hope you hold your grace it's all I need mercy mercy bring me to As the morning 
calls to light the dark in me. Amen. Will you please pray with me? Holy God, we come before you now praying that you speak to us. Use my words, use this time, use this space to make your good news known, to warm our hearts so that we may be made more into the image of Christ. Amen. In the Jewish temples in ancient Israel, there were walls in the worship space that were four and a half feet tall. These walls were used to keep the Gentiles, or in the verses I read earlier, the uncircumcised on the outside. So the Jews, the circumcised, were the ones who were allowed inside the walls during worship. Outside of worship, these walls continued. If you were a Jew, it was discouraged for you to help a Gentile, even if they were in trouble. And if a Jewish person were to walk into a Gentile's house, it would make them unclean. If you were a Jewish person during this time and you married a Gentile, you were considered dead to your fellow Jews. That's how strong this dividing wall was. So so why was this needed? The Israelites, the Jews, were a people defined as a holy people with emphasis on the word holy. The Gentiles, they, they had a human king. They were members of human society. But the Jewish people, they were known to have only one true king, and that king was God. They saw themselves ultimately as members of God's society. That's who they were. They held to the covenant, to the promise that God had made to their people in the book of Exodus. I will be your God. You will be my people. They saw this as a special responsibility to show that that they were different, that they belonged to God. And so to do this, they felt it necessary to keep out those who weren't like them. This is why Jesus got into trouble with his fellow Jews in the Gospels. He kept associating with Gentiles. He ate with Gentiles. He went into their homes. He broke the rules time and time again. And this is why even after he, was, he rose from the dead and ascended into heaven, why the Jewish Christians and the Gentile Christians still didn't really talk to each other. They would worship together, but they sat separately. (laughs) 
there's, there's a story from World War II in France when some French soldiers brought a fallen friend to a French cemetery to be buried. The priest asked them if their friend had been a baptized Roman Catholic because the cemetery was Roman Catholic. The soldiers didn't know. And so the priest said, I'm sorry. He can't be buried here. So the soldiers buried their friend just outside the cemetery fence. They, they returned the next day, but they couldn't find their friend's grave. They remembered having buried him about six feet from the fence, but, but they couldn't find any trace of freshly dug soil. They were confused when the priest found them. And he explained to them how he had woken in the middle of the night with a heavy heart. And, and that had led him to get out of bed and in the night to use his hands to move the fence to include their friend. This is the power of love. Rules and regulations and fear make fences. They make walls. Only love can truly move them. The Gentiles had been told that God had come in human form to save humanity, to save every person. The Gentiles had been told that they mattered to God. But when they decided to, to follow this Christ, they still found themselves on the outside. Paul wrote this letter to the churches in Ephesus, especially to the Jewish Christians, because he had allowed the pain of the Gentile Christians to touch his heart. And Paul knew the ins and outs of Jewish law and customs and tradition because he was out of the Jewish elite. He was well-educated, he had been well-respected before deciding to follow this Jesus of Nazareth whom it was rumored had been raised from the dead. In verses 11 and 12 that I read, Paul wanted to remind the Jewish Christians of what they were. The Jewish people are a, book, are a people of the book a people of the Bible. This story is their story. No matter what time period they're from, even today, the slavery in Egypt is their story. Walking across the river with the walls of water on either side is their story. They understand God as their own personal rescuer.
Paul said, remember what you were. Remember that you were once far off from God. Remember you have strayed many times. Remember you're not perfect. Remember, that's, that's why God came for the imperfect. So remember that Christ died for them too. Their world at the time that this letter was written was incredibly divided. There were laws that if you were a certain kind of person, you couldn't speak in public. Some couldn't leave the house. There were all these rules. They were were divided. But so are we. There are all these walls, real and imaginary, in our world. And let's not kid ourselves. Every wall is about worthiness. Every wall is about questioning another person's worthiness. But here's the message of these verses. These walls have no place in God's kingdom. For in Christ, there is no longer slave nor free, male nor female, black nor white, rich nor poor, old nor young, liberal nor conservative. It's gone. In Christ, we are something new. We are something better. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. And in this new life with our fellow Christians, there are no dividing walls. God came in flesh, walking the same earth that we walk. Jesus went to people just like us, and he invited them to follow him, the same invitation that we are offered. Jesus went to those that we would very much like to ignore, and he invited them to follow him. Jesus sought out those that the religious people had ignored and scorned and put down. And he he looked at those people in the eye, and he held their hands. He went to their bedsides when they were sick and dying. He ate with them, and he offered them the same bread of life that we are offered, the same bread of life he had offered to the religious leaders. Jesus encountered every person and said, at God's table, there's always room for you. Always. No matter what anyone else says, no matter what you may think of yourself, there is always room for you here. On the cross, God chose to feel the pain of death. God chose to wear a crown of thorns. 
God chose to carry a cross because he had it nor he had annoyed the religious and political leaders and he had ignored their walls and he had sought to tear them down because Jesus saw the importance of everyone being able to come to God's table of being able to look at one another to know one another with all of our differences and see that with these differences that we are loved by the same creator. Jesus came to say, God is standing with open arms for anyone willing to walk into their creator's Embrace. But here's where I have to be honest, because I can understand where the Jewish people came from with their, with their walls, because it's hard. It's hard to see someone who hurt you walking towards that same embrace. It's hard to see someone who hurt someone you love walking towards that same embrace. It's hard when it's someone you disagree with so strongly on so many issues, walking towards that same embrace. Because God's grace extends to even those whom it offends me. Corrie ten Boom was a young Dutch woman during World War II. She and her Christian family decided that because of their faith that they had an obligation to hide any Jews that came their way. And they were found out. Thirty members of their family were sent to concentration camps because of this. None of the Jewish people were ever found that they had hidden. Corey lost her sister, who she had been sent to the concentration camp with. And they also lost their father. Corey had actually been released. Uh, it wasn't supposed to have been her. There had been an error. She shouldn't have been released, but she did. And one day, years later, she went to preach at a church about the importance of God's grace because she had seen and felt the pain and the scars of what walls do. And after the service, a man came up to her and he thanked her for reminding him that God's grace extended to even him. And he put out his hand. Corey knew this man. He had been one of the Nazi guards at the concentration camp where her sister had died. 
And here he was standing in front of her, thanking her that he had been forgiven, that he still mattered to God. Corey Ten Boom wrote in her book, which I think everyone should read, The Hiding Place, that she was able to take that man's hand because of God's power, because she trusted that God and God's grace and God's love would allow her to because she trusted in someone and something bigger than she could fathom. Because God's grace extends to even those whom it offends us. When we choose to follow Christ, we choose to come to one table. We choose to become members of God's family with everyone else that accepts that same invitation. And it is going to be hard. And we are going to fight with one another. We are going to disagree with one another. But we all choose whether or not we are going to allow walls to even think that they have a chance of standing in Christ's body. One of my favorite songs is one by Peter Schultz. They'll know we are Christians by our love. Here are some of the lines. We are one in the Spirit. We are one in the Lord. And we pray that all unity may one day be restored. We will walk with each other. We will walk hand in hand. And together, we'll spread the news that God is in our land. Yes, they'll know we are Christians by our love. Paul wrote this letter to remind everyone who read it that we are one family and we're not always going to get along. But in Christ, there is something bigger, something better. And if we choose to trust in the power of God, if we choose to trust in the fact that we are a new creation, if we choose to walk with one another, hand in hand, telling people, God God is walking. God is here. If we do this with people, especially people we don't agree with, the gospel will be made known. Because people will see that it's bigger than us. God is bigger. Will you please pray with me? Lord, we know that it won't be easy. We know we know that we have to trust and sometimes it is hard to trust and we don't want to. 
But Lord, your power is greater than anything we can imagine. Help us be one. Help us be your body on this earth. Help us to invite people to your table where you are the host and your love is sufficient for everything. We love you. Help us to trust you more. In your son's holy and precious name. Amen. I need you, Jesus, to come to my 
particularly when we are with those who sometimes it offends us that they are offered the same bread of life. May God be known. May God, may God's power be ever felt in our lives. And may we be assured that by holding hands and walking together that Jesus is made known. So let us go out in the power of our living Lord. Amen. <laughs>